This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... Some Yas Blue! Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. And welcome to the show, everyone. Hi. So another week and another dollar? Another day, another dollar. Man, we're better off another day, another donut. I think it's, <laughs> for us, I feel like that's more to speed wear at. <laughs> it depends on where the donut's from. Um, donut plant? <laughs> Duncan. Duncan. Now you don't want it? I wouldn't turn it down. I know you would <laughs> I know you would it. In a pinch, it'll do. <laughs> See, it's, it's weird because up here where we live, we only have like Dunkin' Donuts. We don't have like gourmet donut places no, like downtown. We don't have a fancy donut place. It's pretty much the only reason why I want to move downtown. Is to get donuts. Like That's the only do- reason. Fancy donuts. I can get a donut around the corner at Dunkin', like we just explained. Or I can get a prepackaged Entenmann's from the store. But, you know, <laughs> I want to live by donut plant and get me some of those gourmet donuts. So that's the only reason that we want to move. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's that. And there's, like, what happened earlier today <laughs> in the hallway is Where, also part of it. Yeah. So we have this, like neighbor i like how you whisper I know, like my they voice can hear like, what's happening in the apartment i know, I know. <laughs> but we have this neighbor who we've witnessed before you know attacking her kid or her brother attacking the sister and it's like this family's real fucked up and they have like the and the mother like ha- tends to have these like dramatic episodes where like she'll stand by the door or stand in the hallway and scream so the entire building hears what's going on so it's like Look at me being a great mom. Meanwhile, like, we can hear the kids getting hit. We can hear all of these things. So it's like, you know, and then, like, when the cops come, the daughter's like, this is a show that she's putting on. So, like, we get to, like, hear this. And today was, like, an episode where, like, the police were called. In today's episode. In today's episode of Of, Across 149th uh, Street. (laughs) So on today's episode, we heard that the daughter called the cops on her mom and... We were not, or were we, peering out of the door, <laughs> peering out of our little people, as, you know, I'm we sure other turns. New Yorkers do. <laughs> but the thing that, like, made us turn off the original Judge Dredd that we were watching, because I'd never seen the original, and we are in love with the Dredd, 2016 the remake. remake yeah. So, you know, we the thing that drew us in was, like, we started hearing, like, all of the screaming, and... We like shut the TV off because I thought it was on TV. At yeah, first. like I, I thought was that like, it was oh, part of things, noise. but like it started being like these weird things where it was like, "May the devil be like leave you, and may God save you." And it was like she was doing like an exorcism on her daughter, which sounds very far fetched. But man, 
when you heard it, you were like, no, this is really what's happening. Like, she is literally, like, screaming out. Like, may the power, like, she didn't quite say may the power of Christ compel you. She but it was well. like, there was, there. it was something from, like, that passage, I'm sure. Because it was like, she was, like, <laughs> screaming at the top of her lungs, like, biblical verses. To the point where, like, a neighbor that lives, like, on a floor that is not ours came upstairs. And, like, we live on the third floor. So this person had, like, you know, lives... On one or two or floors third, below yeah. us and she came up and like knocked on the door and she's like oh you can hear us like i i am so sorry mrs whatever your name was like i am so sorry that like you know you could hear us and it's like the whole fucking building and probably the next <laughs> two on either side can fucking hear you <laughs> because like she was literally like blood curdly screaming like exorcism yeah and the and the daughter was you know just screaming and crying in the hallway but you know you could just get that drowned out because the mom was yelling all of this yeah. weird Jesus stuff over it. Yeah, which she's never done before. Like, no, this is the first time. This is the first that time she that she's God. doing it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the, it was like, you know, because the daughter was like trying to get the cops to come or something like that. So she was like ramping it up. But it was just like, oh my God, like if I hear some guttural like demon sounds, like I'm flying out the fucking <laughs> fire escape because like I am not going to get in some exorcist type shit. Yeah, because a demon would be the most dangerous thing in this building right now. The way the way it has gone to shit over like the last four years, a demon is probably, probably the best choice of a neighbor we can ask I for at this so, point yeah. in time. Like I would yeah. say I'll take the neighbor over like, you know, the fucking insanity that we have to deal with on a daily basis yeah. above and to the sides. I'd answer the door for a demon. Well, yeah, because yeah, you could just walk in anyway. It's just like I might as well just open the door for you rather than have you, you know, be, smoke yeah. cloud in. But I'd be, fr- I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd be friendly to a demon, I guess. I mean, you know, and, and <laughs> from what we understood from this fight, like what I, what I picked up was the daughter wanted to go to a friend's house today downtown and the mom said no and the daughter and then a fight ensued and her started getting into it and then that's where you start to like get like these details about people's lives that i shouldn't fucking no, know yeah. i should not know like, your I... kid's name right i should not know your name if i've never met you i should not know your name you should just be someone in passing. Like, hey, I should not be up to hear the banging on the door and the police saying, Mrs. So-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And can we talk to your daughter, so-and-so? And it's kind of like, man, the police are familiar with you. And by police, I mean police. Yeah. There was, like, a ton of police in the Yeah, they the send hallway. a lot of them here when these, At least six. They're very familiar with the apartment, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the daughter wanted to go out. The mom didn't want to let her. And then all of a sudden, it winds up being that, you know, the mom starts screaming like, well, that's because you came home at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. And then the daughter's like, no, I didn't. I came home at one thirty. And the mom's like, well, I get home at 1 o'clock. And she goes and says, and you came home after me, and you know to be home before me. <laughs> and then the daughter. This is like gossip hour. It's yeah. a new segment. And then, and then the mom, the mom was like, oh, when the police came. The police, the police are standing there talking to her, and she's like, "Well, my daughter came home at four o'clock in the morning." Yeah, so she was and it like, was like, "You consistently lie," and I cannot believe that the police buy this time yeah. after time. Because then they stay in the hallway and they keep asking her questions, and they ask the they daughter, and they're like, her, yeah. "What time did you get home at?" And the daughter's like, "One thirty. And then the mom's like, "No," and then the police are like, "What time?" And then the mom's like, "Like two. and it's like, "Yeah," you literally just told the cop four, exactly. and it's like so. You gotta like fucking be held exactly. accountable at and this there, point in time. There, you know, like two years ago, this girl, we've talked about this before, but like this girl 
got body slammed in the hallway. And like, of course, it's an old, you know, New York building. So like the floor has like marble tile, you know, and it's it's a hard floor. And like the brother like lifted her up over the he- his head and just like body slammed her on the ground. Mm-hmm. And when the cops came out that day, because I don't know who called, but somebody called and it was like everybody was just watching what was happening and it was like this girl was screaming and like the we heard it and the mother like completely denied that that happened yeah and they were like she's like she threw me she threw me and the mother's like nobody touched you nobody touched you and like the girl was still laying on the ground when the cops got here yeah and so we... it's just it's terror it's a very sad situation and you know i'm sure the girl's not without fault either because teenagers are teenagers but like there reaches a point where it's just like there needs to be something done to like this kid is not safe in this fucking environment. Right. Well, I mean, seriously, if your mom's kicking your ass, you're not gonna rush home. Right, exactly. To, to yeah. be it. If I was, if my mom was kicking my ass, I'd be like, going, I'm gonna try to like stay away from the house as much as I possibly exactly. can because I don't know if she's gonna like try to have a seance when I walk right. in the door this time around. <laughs> and she'll do these theatrical things. There was a time like only a month ago where we had. A delivery guy comes. Oh my god, in the middle of an episode, yeah. And it was such bad timing. It was like the mom and the two sisters out in the hallway, and they were all in a fight, like a fight, like a cat fight, brawl. And it got to the point where the three of them were laying on the floor, and our delivery guy like had to step over them, didn't he? Step over them to walk (laughs) in the door, and I was like. I just looked out and I see him standing at the door like, holy crap, what the hell is this? And they're all like still screaming and stuff, tied up in knots on the floor. And I just look at the guy and I'm like, dude, I am sorry. I will definitely make sure that we tip you the next time you come here a lot better. Even better, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, this is insane that you have to deal with this. We don't. We don't pay a little bit of money for rent. We pay a lot of freaking money to be living in Manhattan. And this kind of behavior is so unacceptable. So unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. So as far as crazy things that we might overhear normally (laughs) in this building and outward on a neighborhood, why don't we lighten it up a little bit now and break away from the child abuse segment of our program and get into you heard, Nikki. Yeah, because I mean, at least, yeah. Like, yeah. that was, like, almost like a lot. That was, like, a special, like, you heard segment right there. Well. <laughs> Not a special, but you know what I mean. Super special. Super special. Yeah, hitting the head hard enough, you become special. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you're terrible. You heard? So, <laughs> this week's You Heard comes to us from Dwayne Reed at 145th Street and Bradhurst, mm. in which I overheard a gentleman say, how you doing over there, sugar? To you? Not to me, no. Uh, no, I don't have a sugar face. Uh, well, no. how do you know he was talking to her face? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, and like my ears perked up because number one, like the way he said it, I was like, he sounded kind of like Shaft. And okay. I was just like, oh, I want to hear this guy talk because I was like, I love this guy's voice. Because I do, everyone knows that I love Richard Roundtree. It's what everyone it is. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Shaft. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to go one of two ways. Like, and one of them might not be a good. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did, it, how did she yeah. respond to it? Because seriously, I mean, 
in the age of feminism, being yeah. called sugar might yeah. as well be, you know. You might as well just be smacking my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you just twerk my nipples while you're at it and just get right to it instead of uh, talking about it, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> twerk my nipples. Well, whatever. <laughs> so go on. Anyway, I was just picturing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now I'm sorry. So it's all good. <laughs> so she was just like, oh, hi. And like, so like she welcomed it. So like she obviously okay. knew him. But I was like, did he know her? You know, because like when I listen in on these things, it's like I never like I just listen because I love like the human psyche. Like I want to know like why you're doing this. Nosy. I, I am love the nosy. human psyche. Really? You're just you're just nosy. I am. I am. That, which is well, why like immediately I ran to the people this tell morning. Tell me about your psyche studies, Nikki. Um, <laughs> while you're studying these people, like what, what, what knowledge do you gain from, you know, their conversations? It's just bits and pieces. It's just a, it's just a snippet of their life. It's just a social experiment. It is. <laughs> it is. It's just I'm doing it for it's a self-preservation thing. Isn't that oh, like what people oh. say when they don't know what to say? See, I always thought of it as Nikki needs her own segment on the show, so <laughs> she's just going to be like going, oh, listen to all the shit I eavesdrop on. I started keeping track of these things well before it the show. True. Thank it you very much. It is very, very true. And it's weird because when we talked about this, we talked about you reading your old, you know, older stuff, and you are staying true to just trying to write down new, fresh things and just using mm-hmm. the new stuff. But, I mean, there's like a whole vault of There's a whole book. I have a whole book. Of just overhearing people. So, like, her, you know, her... It's an art form, really. Yes. You're welcome. Her... I do it for you. Audio voyeurism <laughs> is very widely documented, <laughs> to say the least. So, for that, you can thank me. And that's this week's You Heard. Thank you. So we have covered child abuse, a little bit of feminism, my nosiness. What's left? Oh, we do have a guest. You want to get to that, maybe? <laughs> we do have a guest, and a very good one, actually. I really love doing this interview. Um, we spoke with Josh Holcomb, who yes. is the trombonist for the Lucky Chops, which is a New York City big brass band that is so much fun. Oh, my gosh. They are just incredible. Do yourself a favor and Google Lucky Chops Helter Skelter. It <laughs> is so fun. I have listened to the song like 5,000 times. I've listened to like a lot of their music in the last couple weeks you know as I was prepping for this interview and it's just wow like when you hear Helter Skelter like brass band style it is fucking incredible yeah definitely and you actually like you said heard this like weeks ago right yeah weeks ago Charlie Murphy and you played it for me and I was like man there is like this new wave of music that's taking like old music forms and just twisting them up like and and it's just so refreshing just to hear something you know that you love song wise in a new form right and they also have a lot of really really cool like original music and stuff too but like helter skelter was just like the first thing that i heard and it was just like wow and then that like really hooked me so you have to check them out um they're called the lucky chops they're a new york city based band um they've been together for about 11 years and they first formed at laguardia high school um which 
you know, that might not ring a bell to anybody outside of New York City proper, but if I say it's the high school of fame, then that should ring a bell for some. Yes, for and anybody I- over the age of 35, <laughs> you will remember that movie, right? No. <laughs> and I'm, you know what I'm surprised at? I'm surprised that, like, fame hasn't been, like, remade yet with, like, it some dancing be. with the stars person. Or, it will be. You know, I'm it's sure it will. It's probably in the works right now. Yeah. And they then- remade Dirty Dancing, sacrilege. Ugh, I heard it was awful. I heard it too. I would never watch it, but I would do an exorcism on the people who... Yikes. In Patrick Swayze's honor, I would do an exorcism on those people who thought that that would be a good idea. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know why you would undemonize them. I would put a demon in them. (laughs) But you make sure that no harm comes to those people so that they can make another horrible remake. No, I want to like... The opposite thing of what you said. Yeah, I want to do the opposite thing of what I said. Okay. Well, while you're working on that, why don't we run the interview? (laughs) Yes. So it's Josh Holcomb, who is the trombonist for the Lucky Chops. All right. Let's roll that bean footage. Okay, Josh, you there? Yep. Okay, thanks so much for coming on the High Regard Show. We love your cover of Helter Skelter. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so you guys have been together for more than a decade. And, you know, you first met at LaGuardia, one of New York's most talent-filled high schools. What drew you guys together? Well, at first, we uh, we were all just very close friends. And uh, we were kind of the band geeks of the school, and we were in band class together. Right. And, you know, we all were really goofy, and we all liked a lot of different types of music, so we thought it would be fun to kind of form our own band where we combine all the different kinds of music that we like on right. rock instruments. Awesome. And how did growing up, you know, in this city, you know, kind of inform that approach to music that you guys had? Yeah, that's a good question, and it really has uh, shaped our sound in a lot of ways because, you know, New York is such a ethnically and culturally diverse place and mm-hmm. personally i'm from queens which is the most ethnically diverse place in new york right so i heard so many different kinds of music growing up and uh you know i just love that in new york you kind of get everything jumbled up in one crazy big package so we were never afraid to combine different styles of music or whatever into our music uh and that's reflected right. on the city Right. And, and, you know, you cut your, your teeth playing in subway stations. What do yeah. you remember most about, you know, those first times that you were playing in that type of environment? Well, you know, it's, it's a little scary at first, you know, as you can imagine, because <laughs> we're, we, we play these like bombastic instruments as loud as right. possible, which, you know, we were kind of worried was going to really upset a lot of the people walking around <laughs> in the subways. I mean, no one is expecting to walk into a brass band when they're running late for work. Um, so we were a little bit nervous at first, but it wound up just being absolutely amazing from the first time we played there. Uh, the reception was overwhelmingly positive, and uh, people would just stop and, you know, kind of let the music serenade them and then would tell us right. pretty much every day that, you know, they were having a rough time and our positive music, you know, came just at the right moments, and then they were able to have a great day and all sorts of crazy stories. Oh, so it, awesome. it was, it's just so much fun. It's just a way to unite a lot of different types of people. Right, right. And did you guys have a favorite station to play in? Yeah, so we played it a lot, 
and we were too loud for most of them and got kicked out. <laughs> but the ones that were able to uh, tolerate us were um, Harold Square, that's 34th Street, and uh, Grand Central Station, uh, 42nd okay. Street. So those oh, were kind of our two home bases and still are whenever we go down and play. Oh, that's incredible. And, you know, obviously you guys blew up after a tourist video of a subway performance went viral. You know, how did that kind of, you know, amplify the plan that you guys had for the band? Uh, yeah, it was amazing. And it, it was a really cool vehicle to get our music. Uh, it got an audience kind of in different countries all of a sudden overnight, um, which is the amazing power of social media that, you know, we can have a video be shared in tons of different countries all over the world. Um, and so right away, we kind of got an international fan base going, which uh, more videos over the years have just stoked that fire. And right. uh, now we're lucky enough to go and play all over the world now. Right, absolutely. And have you ever met that guy who posted the first video? <laughs> That's funny. You know what? We never actually met him, I don't think. We were in communication <laughs> for a while. Kind of, we were, all of us were, we were really giddy at first. Like wow, it hit thirty thousand views. Wow, it hit a hundred thousand. Wow, it hit a million. Wow, it hit fifteen million. And now I think that video is at like a hundred and fifteen yeah. million or something like that. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know, you said you guys have been all over the world, and you're going back to Europe soon. You know, mm -hmm. do you see a difference between you know the reaction from American audiences as the, you know versus Europeans? Yeah, you do. In Europe, for the most part. Uh, people are a little bit less reserved, uh, surprisingly mm -hmm. enough. So at our shows, people go really crazy in the crowd and scream and jump around and go have a mosh pit or whatever. <laughs> and America seems to be a little bit more too cool for school in the crowd. <laughs> but that's, something, that's something that we like to encourage people to uh, ignore and just go for it. And right. actually, like, the other day we played for an elementary school. And they were more, way more down to just go crazy and have fun <laughs> than, than some of our, like, teenage crowds, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I don't get that because, I mean, like, my God, like, I kept listening to Helter Skelter and I was just getting so amped up. And then you hear <laughs> the other music and it's like it makes you want to move. So what the right. wrong with Americans? <laughs> yeah, well, we're just trying to encourage everybody, you know, it's good to express yourself and just have fun and don't worry about it. There's no need to be too cool for school. <laughs> <laughs> so and stupid. <laughs> and after you guys come home, you're going to hit the road with Gogo Bordella for a while. You know, what are you yeah. looking forward to most about those shows? Well, I think with those shows, I don't have to worry about people being too cool for school because they are way crazier than us. So <laughs> their fans are insane from all the stuff that I've seen. So I'm really excited for that because I think it's just going to be a ton of energy, like – it's going to self-combust or something. It's going to be awesome. Right. <laughs> and, you know, you guys are on the road so much. You know, how, yeah. do you go, how, how do you personally stay sane with, you know, a schedule like that? Yeah, well, personally, it's really fun for me, and I, I love uh, traveling. And we actually, years ago, even before we started touring as a band, we would go on camping trips all the time. So we're no strangers to traveling and, you know, visiting other places and staying in tents. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we don't stay in tents anymore. Nice. But, uh, yeah, we love traveling, and it's, and it's fun just to, you know, hang out with the fans every night and meet new people and hear their stories. Right. And stuff. So it's really just a dream come true. Awesome. And, you know, when you finally do get home, what is the first place that you go to in New York? 
<laughs> Good question. I think it changes every time, but this past tour, when I got home, I was dog tired, and it was like 2 in the morning, but I had to go to Joe's Pizza to get some real New York pizza. <laughs> because I think at every show, they give us a box of pizza after the show. Like, no matter where we are, what city or country we're in, and every single time, I'm like, uh, New York pizza. <laughs> so I had to get some of that authentic, real deal New York pizza. Nice, nice. And that's a hell of a good place to get it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's before I even saw my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we won't don't tell her, her don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and so what made you want to pick up a trombone? You know, like, who, and who were your early influences? Oh, yeah, cool. So, for me, I was I was into rock music, you know, as, like, most kids from the early 2000s and 90s. And, uh, but I was, I was really into, like, rebellious punk music. And I was like, I want to play music, but I want to play rebellious music. So, right. I tried to think of the most rebellious instrument that I could. And I was like, <laughs> trombone is perfect. Like, everyone, everyone hates the trombone. It's the most perfect <laughs> punk instrument ever. So that was my initial inspiration, just a spark of rebelliousness or, you know, whatever. And then, then sure enough, I actually wound up really liking it. So I guess it was destiny. Well, uh, yeah, I guess so. It's a good thing that you liked it because yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as a whole, Lucky Chops is very dedicated to supporting youth music education. How important totally. is it to give kids, to make sure that kids, especially, you know, in this climate, to make sure that kids – still have these opportunities like you guys had. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so important because uh, these days, my mom is a public school music teacher, and many of us have a lot of ties to the New York City public education system, um, and that's where we met, and we were lucky mm-hmm. enough to have a great program in our middle school and our band uh, high school, and lots of kids don't have that opportunity in New York City right. and across the country. Especially as time goes on, oftentimes the art programs are the first programs to get cut when there are budget cuts, you know, yeah. you know. So music programs are becoming kind of more uh, hard to find these days in public schools, which is really sad because if I didn't have music, I have no idea what I'd be doing right now. I mean, right. I fell in love with it at such a young age, and it's all thanks to the public school music system that I was in. So we right. really take it upon ourselves to try and inspire kids to play music and play these instruments, which have been such a blessing in our lives. We want to try and give that spark of inspiration or that opportunity to other kids across the country and around the world, especially nowadays if they don't have that opportunity in their school. We're trying right. to bring that opportunity to them. Awesome. Awesome. And finally, because Lucky Chops is so very loud and boisterous and infectious, what is Josh's favorite quiet activity? What's my favorite quiet activity? Oh. Yes. <laughs> I got to say, probably probably going to the beach. That's, yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do in the world. All of nature, I'm a big, big nature head. But I love going to the beach, always have. And this is the great thing about New York City is you can just hop on the train and go to Rockaway Beach, which is in New York. Right. So I spend yes. a lot of my time over there when I need to get some chill time or inspiration for some new music, and it's awesome. Yes, and now you can take a ferry there. Did you know that? I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. That's so really you cool. You take a ferry if you don't want to take a train, and you want to be out in the open water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, that's all I have for you, sir. So thank you so much for talking to us. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So that was my interview with Josh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was so great to talk to. Like, I had a really good time talking to him. And I love that you could kind of hear, like, the city in the background, which is so, like, Lucky Chops. Because they're so New York. I mean, like, cutting your teeth in the subway system. That is a very hard route, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's got to take... You know, just in general, we know just to get up on stage. It takes balls to get up on stage, man. It is so nerve-wracking. But to play in a subway station is a whole different animal than that. Because, I mean, if you're playing in a bar or a club or even It's in where a people expect shop, music. Yeah, yeah, like you go in, people are like there for that. If you're like in the subway, you're dealing with people who most likely either don't want to be there because they're on their way to work or school right or like just like get that. out of my way i don't want to hear this now yeah yeah or they want to get the hell out of the subway station to go to whatever tourist attraction sure yeah going. but nobody wants to be in a subway station so the fact that you're playing there in a place where you're not expected to be and you know and get a good reaction that's a huge deal yeah but just from the nerves end of it of knowing that you know, people there aren't there to see you, but you're going to go there and play anyway. You might find one guy who's willing to do it, but I mean, to find a whole band willing to do it, I mean, that's right. Yeah. And I think that's pretty, yeah. And I think that's just like, that's a testament to just like how much they just love the music that they just wanted to play. And it's like, you know what? Here's a stage that is ours for the taking any time of day or night. And you know, and it, t- it certainly paid off for them because then, like, you know, there's videos of people that, like, when they play, because they still play, they've, they're established, like, they travel the world, and they've been doing it for several years now since that viral video from the tourist went viral. Well, that alone, you know? I mean, just to be found that way. Yeah, like, it's I mean, just... 150 million views. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But I mean, like, it's just, and plus, it's not just like, you know, somebody just strumming a guitar. Like, when you think of a busker, you think of, like, a guy with a guitar, the case is open at his feet or something. Right. You know, you don't expect a five-piece brass band <laughs> to greet you as you're walking. And and they said that they play at, like, Herald Square and the, at 34th street and like there is such an there's an area where like i've seen dancers and stuff like it's when you go down the escalator to like the b and d line mm-hmm. there's like it's almost like a perfect little stage area because there's still spots for people to like walk for a lot of people to walk to and from like past yeah. in both directions but then there's also just like an area where you could kind of just be and play this kind of music and it's well lit so it's great for videos and stuff because I've seen I've stood there and watched like some performances by bands and stuff maybe I've even seen these guys like you might have I mean I, might have. I don't remember ever seeing a brass band but I do usually slow down like when I see like musical people like yeah. doing stuff yeah. in the subways and you know Fulton Center every couple weeks like that's where I get off for work and they have classical musicians who play there like a couple times a month maybe and there's like one who will play a violin by yourself and then there's other like there's like a group of like three or four that'll play 
you know, together. And then there's also like down on the platform level, there's also like a guy who plays like the steel drums and stuff. Right. You know, so I mean, like I get to see like it and it's really cool, like just to hear it sometimes as you're waiting for the train. And it's just like, wow, like that's such different music. Like, yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, look, any too much of anything is not good. I mean, there was a point where. I feel like every time I got on a train, there was a mariachi band. Oh, my gosh. And seriously, the first couple of times I heard it, I'm like, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely tight, you know? <laughs> and then by, like, the fifth time, I was just like, no more mariachi bands. Oh, my gosh. That's God, my God love them. God love them. <laughs> but, like, goddamn. And I always get them from, like... 125th to 59th because they know like you get on oh yeah they put on a whole show they going, wait like, like on the train, for oh sure. yeah yeah because there's like i mean it does go like all of those stops yeah you like, have 12 minutes like of just space where everybody's trapped in a car a, yeah so where you, you have a captive like, a literally right. captive audience <laughs> <laughs> and you feel captive sometimes <laughs> But like, you know, something like a brass band is definitely cool. I love the steel drums still because I don't get to hear them that often. Yeah. Like they seem to move those guys around that much. But every time there's a steel drum, I always stop for a steel drum. Yeah, I do too. Because I'm just taken away, you know, to like someplace more beautiful than, yeah. Same heat. Yeah, exactly. Same, same I mean, heat. no matter what, whether it be winter or summer when it's an inferno, same heat. Catch me my station as... catch me my all inclusive pina colada, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just I loved you know I really love talking to Josh and just hearing you know kind of what made the band tick and what made them get together because I I love hearing you know what draws people in and I his answer for why he picked up a trombone because he just wanted to rebel and it was the loudest like most obnoxious like instrument that he could think of like i think that's that was such a great answer and i was not expecting that you see i think that if i had to pick a brass instrument a brass instrument i would seriously consider a trombone really i think i would because i think it would just be awesome like if i was going to go out and play live if somebody was like going hey we're ready to hit the stage and i'd just look at them and be like hold on i'm gonna grab my bone <laughs> <laughs> and they could call you trombone tommy <laughs> yeah right i feel like that would be awesome there's like for me. A, i feel like that would be good for me because i talked to a, a blues musician once called trombone shorty so oh. you could be trombone tommy i cannot i can't play like a freaking harmonica not a harmonica <laughs> a, a harmonica would be like skillful i was gonna say like you know a kazoo a kazoo yeah i mean i would love a sousaphone just because it's so ridiculous but I would never. I'm too lazy. So I would probably go with like a sax because I think like a sax is like a nice. Mm. I love the sound of a sax. But I, I do love a brass instrument. Yeah, man. I have nothing against a brass instrument. I feel like I slow down for those. And sometimes. Like a horn. A I'll trumpet. I'll pass by a lot of electric guitars people's playing in the stations because it's like. I don't know, man. Like, everybody has an electric Yeah, guitar. that's what I said. Like, yeah, For like, sure, you picture, but... like, when you picture a busker, like, you're, you know, if you were to Google, like, an eye stock image of, a, you know, a busker, chances are it would be, like, some guy with a guitar, you know? So I think it's really cool, and it's something that, that isn't a guitar, you know? Yeah, I, just to mix it up a little bit, yeah. for crying out loud. So I definitely want to be on the hunt for them, like, when they play in the station again. Like, I think Grand Central would be an amazing place to see them. Because there's, like, there's a lot of people who, like, like a lot of, like, 
big big name musicians who like play at Grand yeah, Central. Show up. Yeah, they just show up. Like who was it? Like wasn't Clarence? Didn't Clarence Clemens like play there Clarence before he like died? Yes, he yeah. did do that. And I want to say oh, and somebody else was it Kenny G or something like that? Maybe. But there was like another like like horn horned instrument guy that played there. I mean, it's a perfect environment for it because it's just so open and just concrete so everything just bounces sound-wise all around you, you know? it's. I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Lucky Chops, and I'm going to come see you when you play in the subway station again. Well, well, well. Looks like the heat's off me and on you guys. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) I appreciate it. Nosy Nikki's coming for you. That's right. Don't say anything you don't want in the heard section of this show. (laughs) So, if you want to learn more about Lucky chops and see if they're coming to a town near you especially if you live in europa in the next couple weeks you can go to luckychops.com yes and thank you so much to josh for joining the show this yes we, we do appreciate it yes mm-hmm. and now i do want to go get a piece of joe's pizza oh well i mean when is that not the case <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so should we get into a roly-poly rorty Sure, we I can almost do that. just said a roly poly you heard. You're, we can just mix them up. You could do that segment too if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. I'm sure I'll end up gabbing away. Ah, well, that always tends to happen. <laughs> so why don't we roll the music? Roly poly Roly Roly poly So what's going on, Roly Poly? Not so Roly? Not so Poly? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I'm not even really Roly, not so Poly, just, you know, I don't know. I feel like a Weeble. I told you that yesterday. Yeah, like, you like kind of are a Weeble. Yeah, Weebles wobble, but they kind of almost do fall down. Well, they have fall down in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Tom the Weeble. <laughs> so, um... It's weird because uh, I, I know we mentioned it on the show a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and... Just touched on it briefly. Just briefly. Um, Glazed donut over it. Weird stuff, man. Like, weird stuff happening. And the reason why I feel like we just briefly touch on it is because Roly-Poly Rorty is really about bariatric surgery. And, like... At its center. Yeah. And about, like, the whole weight loss process and what you can expect to go through if Mm -hmm. you're ever on it and stuff like that. Yeah, because we started it a few weeks before you, you know, got the official approval of the surgery and... It was all about the process of leading up to it, after yeah. it, and all of the wonderfulness that has come since then. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> well, it, it was good to have a document of of that, not only for us, but, you know, even for other people who are going to go through it and don't know what to expect. That was the real reason behind doing it. Right, because you found a really good, you know, community of people that are going through it or considering it, you know. So, like, you found this great community of people wanting to know more, wanting to know what happens after wanting to know if they're alone in, you know, whatever affliction they might be having or just how they're dealing with cravings or certain things. Right. And and it's also support for me because talking about it means I'm less likely to do it because if I say those words out loud of things I'm not supposed to be doing, I realize the consequences right. of it more when I speak it out as opposed to just keeping it in. But I feel like at some point, it started to get like all of these additional medical issues that started coming along. And it was kind of like, like well, the kidney stones. Yeah, it's like going, well, I don't want to really mention that on Roly Poly Rorty. You and I have talked about that. It's like, oh, well, how are we going to like 
you know, incorporate kidney stones into roly-poly variety. And it has nothing to do with bariatric surgery, really. But does it? And then you go to find out that as your body shrinks and your organs shrink and that you have stones embedded inside your kidneys and your kidneys start to, like, get a little bit smaller, they're going to start to cut through. It just makes sense. And then it's like, man, it's like you really can't. If you have existing kidney stone problems, they really can be amplified right. by bariatric surgery. And you're, like, going, okay, well, this is now part of this segment because we can talk about this. Right. But a weird thing that's been going on, oh my God, now for months. months is this crazy dizziness, like just absolutely insane. And there's like waves of nausea that come with it. And there is complete blacking out that comes from it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's very scary. Loss of balance, loss of sight, pretty much. I mean, there are times where I'll be trying to read and I won't be able to. And it's not like, oh, just put on your glasses and you'll be able to read. It's like everything goes just completely fuzzy and dark. And then like tunnel vision kicks in. And it's it's very, very weird to go from where we were just a couple of months ago to running four miles a night to being told, don't leave the apartment because right. you might fall over and kill yourself on, you know, on a train on a platform. On a train pl track or falling into traffic or something. Right. God forbid. So, I mean, there really has not been, I mean, such limited travel, such limited leaving the apartment in general, which yeah. is just killer on, like, the psyche. I can imagine, yeah. But... You know, it's hard. It definitely is hard. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's weird because in my head I'm able to do all of these things still. And and me, I'm just kind of like, this sucks because I can't go out and run. And it hasn't hit me just yet that, you know, there is something happening that is not necessarily explainable. What I do know so far, since the operation and the kidney stones, there's been a kidney infection crazy fevers stuff like that mm -hmm. that lasted for, for a like few months weeks. yeah like a month you were like infected and feverish yeah. it's it's not been an easy ride and like the thing that sucks is like like you said like you had the running and like you had you know and you guys remember us like when we started roly-poly rorty like tom had this issue for like a year and a half leading up to the bariatric surgery and then you know after the bariatric surgery and like the you know the tumultuous recovery that came with that for something, you know, for something of that magnitude, you know, there were a, fuck, a couple months where it was like normal and like you were active and like you were running, normal. you were like for the first time in a year and a half, you were Tom and you weren't in pain and you were like, I'm back to running, which is like the love of your life. Like you love running so much. Like it's embedded in you from youth. You have always loved running. And now it's like, all I hear you talk about is like running, running, running. And it's like, dude, you can't even get up off the couch to like without getting dizzy. So it's like. And and again, I thought this was a product of the infection from the kidney stones. I thought this was, you know, something else. I mean, right. possibly, you know, who knows what. But, you know, in going to the doctors and I and I felt and I even told my doctor, I'm like, I feel like an idiot coming to you because I feel like I've been to the doctor so many times right. lately because of just these weird random things. And I'm like, I'm like, but I've been passing out. Like I passed out like, you know, yeah, and that's like four not times and I don't know why. That's and not normal for anybody. Except for I found out that it might be normal for people who have. Bariatric surgery. Yes. <gasps> what? And that's the weird thing. Um, You know. 
she, the last my last visit with her was like two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. when I spoke with her, she was saying my, my doctor, that is a general practitioner. Um, she said what they do know is when I'm laying down, I have perfect blood pressure, perfect heart rate. When I sit up, both of those things drop. Makes me a little bit dizzy, but doesn't drop a lot. And does it when if you're sitting, like if you're just sitting, does it like rectify itself to like when to laying down? Like you'll be normal if you sit for a while. Yes. Okay. And the same thing goes with standing. When I stand, everything drops dramatically, Mm -hmm. dramatically, dramatically. So when that happens, you know, I immediately get extremely dizzy tunnel vision and feel like I got a serious I'm to the point now where I have to either grab onto like a chair or, or the counter cabinet or the yeah. wall or something like, like you that. stand up and then like you stay there for a minute until like it passes right so you know I, I told my doctor this my in the last visit like a couple of weeks ago my doctor was like it's so weird because I had another patient who just had bariatric surgery around a month the same after time me, yeah um who's down over 80 pounds so far, experiencing the exact same symptoms. She goes, and I've never heard of this before. And she goes and says, but you and this other person are the only two bariatric patients I've had. So I was like, could this be a product of bariatric surgery as opposed to an infection? And there's nothing that says that it's not. Right. But, you know, the testing process in New York City for anything like this is insane because you're talking about like, you know, nine million people crammed onto a small island and there's only so many doctors. So, you know, the appointments are spread out over three weeks. Right, exactly. You go to the heart doctor, you go to the urologist, you go to this doctor, you go to that doctor, and it's like... And then you wait three weeks before you come back and all your test results are That's the next time they can get you in. So they won't do... A heart monitor and to, on me until they, you know, test like my arteries on up a half of my body mm-hmm. because I am seeing a heart doctor now because of this because of it's. They're blood trying to figure dropping. out what it is, yeah. Right, so you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, I need to get like this, you know, this, you know, to make sure that re- uh, circulation above my shoulders is working out or from my chest mm-hmm. up is working out, and uh, you know. I go for that test in two weeks from now. And then three weeks after that, maybe I get a heart monitor because that's the next time they'll be able to get me in. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's too, it's, it's too, it's too severe for this to be taking this long. Like this is not something that should be stretched out any longer than it needs to be because this is just like the last time where you switch doctors because it was taking so long to get anything to happen, to get to the bariatric surgery, to get... To this and it's like we don't have that kind of time where you're blacking out this, to the point where you can't even leave the fucking house like right. there's like we're losing time on trying to figure this out yes and i feel like in a way to like expedite that whole process um it came from a suggestion from my boss and you both of you like came up with the idea like within a couple of days of each other i think was to go and see if i can get accepted to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Which is, you know, like, you talk, you hear about, you know, doctors in New York being the greatest in the world and things like that. And yes, I'm sure that they're, like, you know, the world's best doctors can be found here at some point. But the Mayo Clinic is, like, it is where you go when you want to be better and you need to be better. Like, it's, it's the 
what greatest medical facility I would say in the world. Maybe. I mean, it's it, what <clears throat> I like hoping. about. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> what I like about it is the fact that you go and you check in to the Mayo Clinic, and then you're there for seven to ten days usually, mm-hmm. where they just test you nonstop on you have every a team. possible thing that like, works. It's like you're gonna have your GP your heart doctor, your urologist, your bariatric surgeon, you're going to have like all of these people, but they're all going to be in the same room at the same time focused just on you. That's the way I understood it. So, I mean, you know, I've known somebody who went to this. They swear by it. Mm -hmm. So I called up to get, you know, approved for it. And I did. um, What they're going to test me for is... um, Well, they're going to start. Neurology. Yes. So like the head and nerves and things like that. Um, And here in New York, I'm being tested for, you know, by a heart doctor. So head and heart, which are the two, you know, things that I think. That make you go. Yeah. Yeah, They're they're, they're your engine. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm getting like those two things covered. But just the other day over on, you know, on your suggestion, I wrote to a bariatric support group online and I was like hey I'm having these symptoms is anybody else having it and I really honestly did not think that this dizziness and you know feeling of nausea and stuff had anything to do with the bariatric surgery because I would have thought that if I was going to have these symptoms I would have had them as soon as I got out of the hospital or within a week after getting out of the hospital right. during recovery time not but seven months down after the road. surgery though like your body and they tell you this like your body is basically like in shock because it's not normal for a human being to be sliced open that's and have organs sliced and stuff like that's not normal so i think like your body goes into almost like a protective like casing like an armadillo or something <laughs> you know so i think like you know you could feel the effects of a surgery months and months later i mean it's ridiculous to think that seven eight nine months later because like we're you know we're not that far away from a year of the surgery so it's like you know i think it's really fucked up that like this would be a side effect from a surgery you had back in september but like i don't think it's medically impossible but well neither did the group because a lot of them had said that like um you know one of the things is that can possibly happen is your blood pressure can be doing this exact thing um from this condition where where you would stand up and you I guess now something your heart's working differently, so your blood would actually pool in your feet, <sighs> and it wouldn't be able to pull it up. Bloody you know, foot. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a strong enough stream to pull right. it back up. That's one one possibility. Another possibility is it could be an infection from the kidney stones that mm-hmm. I had. I That's mean, it still could, just trickling through. It could it could be that it could be that you know there's still some kind of infection there. Who knows. It could be... That's why you're going to the Mayo Clinic and let them find out. Yep. It could be a carotid artery. God forbid. Which is what they'll be testing in two weeks. Or what they'll be hopefully looking for at the Mayo Clinic after reading the bariatric people's responses is, is the thing that somebody wrote to me, a woman wrote to me, um, I'm under the impression by her response that she's a nurse. Mm -hmm. But one of the things she mentioned was the possibility of a severed nerve in the stomach, which senses, like, how much food you have in you and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're getting too full, it will be like, okay, you're too full. Now, we both know. I know when I'm too full. And it doesn't take a lot to make that happen. No, because Tom has a tiny tummy. You love saying it. It's true, though. But what's scary is, is that, you know, 
I can sit here and not feel hungry at all and still force myself to the point where I feel like, all right, I'm really eating more than I should be eating, all things considered. Mm -hmm. But after doing that, every Thursday I get on that scale and I'm still losing weight. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's just something's not right. Yeah. And I would not have tied it with. Right. And the fact is, I mean, and it's not like, you know, you're eating that and then like you're walking or, you know, you're exercising because you're not because you can't because, you know, you can't leave the house because of God forbid something might happen. So, yeah, like and I could get that, like, you know, you wouldn't be gaining weight, but I could see like where maybe you might just like plateau plateau. Yeah, because maybe gain a pound, lose a pound. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could see you playing with five pounds here and there with this situation where you're kind of housebound right now. Right. But to keep losing like that is fucked up. Well, the scary thing is, is I was convinced that my last weigh in. 100%. I was like, I probably gained about three pounds this week. I really, really, really 100%. Yeah, you were. You were very like worried to get on the scale. And and I was like, it's okay because maybe I'm losing weight too fast. So you know what? Maybe I need to slow down a little bit. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Do a little bit of cheating. Get something that I feel like eating that treat myself to something good. Treat yourself. And it wound up being like a week of ice cream sandwiches. Well, not even. It was like three nights of ice cream sandwiches. But, I mean, we don't do, like, ice cream sandwiches no, we do three like nights in a one. week. I mean, that's, like, Yes, we of. did. Shut up. Come on now. I feel like <laughs> we went through – I feel like that was a lot. The us. only reason we stopped having our nightly ice cream sandwich is because they stopped having the kind that we liked. <laughs> so, and, But, yeah, but, okay, think of it that way. But, but you got Klondike bars a week ago, and we haven't touched them. We had one. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's true. And it's just, like, you know, we have them in case we want them. But, like – with the schedules and stuff, it's just like, you know, we eat exactly. dinner and that's it. Yeah. So it's, but we went through eating all those ice cream sandwiches and I'm thinking I'm probably gained like three pounds on top of everything else because, I mean, I was ordering breakfast and I was ordering lunch and next thing you know, I get on the scale, two pounds lost and I'm like going, all right, something, yeah, this like, is a week where I actually look realized. at it and I'm like going, something is just not making sense, man. Like I should be punished because of the way I've been eating, not been losing, so. Yeah, no, and I mean, like, and I think that, like, this Mayo Clinic thing, I think is going to be a very good thing for you, you know, hopefully, I hope, because, you know, like, the other thing took a year and a half to figure out, and, like, this is, you know. This is worse than that. Even though it's not painful, it's just psychologically so messed up because you forget. That does anything because I don't feel like, like it's not like pain. It's like, you know, yeah. if I'm sitting on the couch, everything's fine. And then when I go to stand up, like if I, you know, we had somebody ring the buzzer the other day and I went to just get up and go hurry into the kitchen and press the buzzer to ring it to let the person yeah. in the building. And I almost fell on my face when I kept I going because I didn't even realize like, oh, shit. Because it was just a reaction because you almost like forget because, you know, you were sitting there and, you know, so any pat like any period that you might have had like of blackout or like feeling dizzy and stuff would have passed by that point yeah. because we were sitting like I think we were watching a movie or something mm-hmm. and you just like leapt up like you would normally do to get the buzzer and, yeah, you know, you just forget. But yeah, this is well, very scary. Well, we will see what happens. We'll keep you posted as far as that goes. And, you know, maybe I'll be more open with some of the medical stuff that's going on to see how it ties into 
Yeah, let us know what you think. Yes. You know, in the comments, you guys are very vocal about letting us know what you think. So, you know, if, if you are going through this situation, please let us know or email us, which, yeah. you know, we'll give you our email address in a moment. Yeah, so that's it for Roly Poly Rody this week. I mean, you know, like I said, it's just, you know, it's strange trying to figure out, like, what's, you know, related to this segment and, like, what's just a totally separate illness. I think it's all connected. To... I think it's all connected, to be honest with you. Well, it might be. I'm just trying to just be a little more open to yeah. it so that, like I said, I would have never have guessed that other people are exactly. in the so same boat. That's so the validation it. that it's it might it's it's gaining, leaning toward a roly-poly situation. But at least we have something to look for when we get there. <laughs> which is the starting point. That which is, is better than what we have right now. Better than what we have, yep. So... So that's it for Roly Poly Rorty, and let's roll that outro. Ah, brave. Brave. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's our show for this week. Thanks so much to Josh. Yes, thank you so much. Be sure to check out LuckyChops.com. For all your Lucky Chops needs. Yes, and we will put the websites and social up on our website for As you to always. check out. As always. And um, if you want to learn more about us, do you know what you should do? Tell us. Go to the interweb and type in <laughs> highregardshow.com. You won't be upset that you did. <laughs> and then after you're done perusing our website... And you're linked to like our shows and you listen to all the old ones, you can write to us and tell us what you think of them at yes. highregardshow at gmail.com. Yes. And if you love us that much, then you're going to want to find us on social media as High Regard Show and just play along where we share fun show quotes and behind the scenes quotes. It's always with the quotes because I do overhear things. I mean, I can't help you it. You do. You do always overhear And sometimes, things. sometimes there might be like a really fun gif or jif if you're that kind of techie. So You never know. Yeah. So follow us on social media. Email us. Hang out. That's it, everybody. So um, enjoy have, your week. Have a good week. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Shut up, Tom. Good night. Shut up, Tom. Good night. Shut up, Tom. was sent here on a top-secret mission to decide if the people of Earth should live or die. And what you just said there, you crossed the line, buddy. I've decided.